Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll conclude our study of the book of Romans, looking at Romans chapter 16, verses 17 through 27. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. I appeal to you, brothers to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you. So did Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen. I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, who is a host to me and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Quartus greet you. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. In the first part of chapter 16 that we looked at in the last episode, Paul sent his greetings to several people who were in Rome. In this last section, he is sending greetings from the people who are with him to the church in Rome. And within those greetings, he mixes in some final instructions that should guide them in how they handle the letter that they've received. First of all, he mentions that there are people who will try to disrupt the unity of the church. There are people who enjoy controversy, who enjoy attention on themselves. Paul said people who disrupt unity should be shunned. They they shouldn't be allowed to be a part of what you're doing. Now, this does not mean that we can force conformity. Paul has outlined a lot of differences between cultures and groups of people and encouraged people to come together. But the basis for his exclusion of some is based on their adherence to the gospel that he's been preaching. If they're preaching something different, you need to keep them out of the way because they're going to pull away the folks that don't know better. Very often this is done within churches when people identify something that they don't like, and they try to make it a matter of faith rather than just their own opinion so that they can get people to do what they want. And if they are smooth talkers and flattering, they often can convince people to go along with them. But that causes division within the church. But very often in our day, we kind of do the opposite. When people are coming in trying to create controversy and stir up things, we often give in to them kind of following the adage that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. When people are causing problems, we try to appease them so they won't leave, especially if they tend to be large contributors to the church. 
Paul reminds us that some people have learned to rationalize and play on the emotions of others to get their way. And we should be always comparing our actions and our attitudes to the cause of Christ. We should only be doing the things that further his cause and not let other things divide us. Paul says that these people who get caught up in trying to manipulate people this way are slaves to their own appetites, to their own flesh. Paul uses this phrase often in his writing to talk about giving in to our own physical desires. As a matter of fact, to the church in Galatia, he wrote about the works of the flesh. And he said in Galatians five nineteen through 21, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm not sure that we always pay enough attention to the things on that list. We may be guilty of giving in to some of those temptations to satisfy our own desires. With our submission to the gospel and the power of Christ, we can overcome those temptations and live according to the Spirit. So Paul tells us to look out for those who are serving their own appetites, their own physical desires. And that could be a desire for control. It could be a desire to be appeased, to get what I want. A desire for not being held accountable, not wanting any consequences to my bad behavior, or not having anyone call me out when I've done something wrong. It could just be a desire to be selfish. Those are the kinds of things that Paul says lead to strife and jealousy and outbursts of anger and disputes and factions. Those are the things that should be avoided in the church. And so if there are people trying to be a part of the church that participate in those behaviors, they should be avoided at all cost. Because in serving their own appetites, they are not being slaves to the Lord. If we continue reading what Paul wrote to the church in Galatians chapter 5, he lets us know that if we're walking in step with the Spirit, that that will be evident as well. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Paul tells us to avoid the people who are driven by their own selfish desire. If we're wondering if that could possibly be us, we should look to see if we're allowing the Spirit to cultivate in us the fruit that is obvious when we're a slave to the Lord. Paul also mentions in his closing here the obedience of the church in Rome. As he warns them about evil and to not be naive, he commends them for the obedience they've already experienced. Obedience is important. Paul lets us know that it's through our obedience that God accomplishes in us the work that he intends to do, the work for the church and the world, but also the work in us. It's as we submit to his will and do the things that he asks us to do that we see the transformation in our own lives that he promises. It is the way that God sets us right. He tells us here in this chapter that that comes through the revelation of the mystery of God. And sometimes when we read that word mystery, we think of something mystical, something that's happening almost magically outside us. 
What Paul tells us here is that it had been a mystery how God was going to strengthen his people and raise them up. But what had been hidden or a mystery was now made known through the revelation of prophetic writing. And this was all according to the command of the eternal God. And as we understand this mystery, as we understand what God was doing through Jesus, it should lead us to an obedience of faith. Paul lets us know that the whole point for him writing the letter that he has sent to the Roman church and the things that have been written about Jesus and what God was doing in and through Jesus for mankind not only leads us to a means of escape from this world and our sin, but it should lead us to a desire to serve and obey our God. The faith that we put in Jesus's power should lead us to follow him, to be obedient to his word. Too often when we can't identify sin in our own lives, we make excuses for it. We say things like, we're only human, or no one's perfect. But what Paul lets us know in these few short verses is that if we choose to be a slave to Christ rather than to our own appetites, through our obedience to him, he can transform us into a people who rise above those temptations and fulfill his purposes. These things are all accomplished through the power that we're given in the Holy Spirit. These words that Paul have written are life-giving, life-saving. But unfortunately for too many of us, the gospel is still a mystery. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.